I'm Scarlett Vesper, aka Mrs V, and I'm founder of Adrich, which is a lifestyle brand designed to support and enrich the 50 plus woman. And this podcast is all about uncovering the remedies that we masterfully create through our life. I love to explore the magic we all have inside us, and this podcast is about sharing those remedies with you. Well, welcome to the Adrich podcast, and so excited today because we have the gorgeous Tina Nettlefold. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you are founder of Tea House, yes? That's correct, yeah. So, and talk to me about what that is. So Tea House is an online um, bespoke homewares, limited bespoke homewares range, and all everything that we make, obviously all our money goes to our charities. We have three charities that we support. So basically you can buy a beautiful product and it gives back to three beautiful children's charities. That is so divine. I love that. And I love your story and hence why having you here is such a joy today because you are, you know, a great example of how I think ageism is in the world and then how we don't let it stop us do what we're doing. Absolutely. It is actually quite prevalent, not only for, you know, um, I found this not only for myself as I've gotten older, but also when I was younger as well. And I believe too that ageism and my philosophy is, I mean, hence why I went from ageless to age rich because I feel like ageless was the elephant in the room. And in fact, we do age, but it's a good thing and we should embrace it because we become richer in each decade even. So because I, I experienced that too. It's like if you're too young, you don't know enough. And in each decade, there's some issue. Oh, you're going to be a mother, so you're 40s. You know, you're not going to be right for the job. So there's issues in it each front. So tell us your story. What happened? You were working and then, yes, tell us what Well, it's a, it's a long story. I've had a number of different careers. So um, I started off in a very high-powered career in my early days before I got married. Um, and was a media director of a very large agency back in the 80s and 90s. So that was, um, I climbed the ladder very quickly as a, as a young woman. And I was actually the youngest media director in the industry at the time. But I did battle at the time, even issues like when I was brought into meetings, um, you know, you get the side looks like, does she really know what she's talking about? Because she looks a bit young to know what she's talking about. But I broke those barriers just simply by a lot of hard work um, and I loved what I did and I was very fortunate. I had amazing mentors as boss with bosses all along my journey in my life. So I started off there and then um, I got married and my husband at the time said, right, I'm going to go start a company overseas. We're going to Asia. So it was like, oh, my God, leaving a high-powered career and going to Asia was a lot. But um, he said to me, you'll be fine. It's actually for the good of our family. Let's just go do this. And, you know, we've got an adventure ahead of us. So I was in my 30s, early 30s at the time. And I was very fortunate that the agency I worked with said, we can get you a job in Malaysia. No problem. Went there, worked overseas the whole time. Um, then we moved to Indonesia. I also was media director of a very big agency there called McCann Erickson's. So I've always done very well in my career life. But always been a little bit of a struggle with the age but it was all about determination for me and just working harder than my male counterparts which is how I got through that young years of ageism so to speak um then my husband kind of said well you know I said to him I really want to have a baby so 
having a child, I still worked. When we came back to Australia, my kids were nine. Uh, my twins were nine and my youngest one was five. My husband still kept our overseas businesses, so he was travelling. And I had to make a decision. Was I still going to be working? Because I could work when I was overseas. I had nannies. Um, and here it was a bit different because my husband had to travel. We came back because we wanted our children to have an Australian education. We wanted them to be close to their grandparents. And we thought 12 years overseas was long enough. It was time to come home. But I found myself in a situation where it was like, well, I don't really want an au pair. Being of Greek background, I wanted to be very hands-on. Even though I had nannies in Indonesia, it's a very different story there. You're still very hands-on. They just take care of all the things that I was very lucky I didn't have to do, washing nappies, you know, all the, the laborious stuff. I got to do the fun bits. So when I actually came back, it was like, I don't want a nanny. I don't want, I just want to be a stay-at-home mum. That was a really big deal. That was a very difficult thing to do, to go from that sort of job. And my husband, who was running five companies overseas, it was like, so I was decided to be stay-at-home mum, be with my kids, get involved with their school and do all that sort of thing. So that I, I enjoyed that and I did that for for nearly 12 years again. Um, it was a long time getting them through till the you know, they started university and they got their licences so then I could let go. When my youngest child was in year 11, that's when it started to hit me and I went, okay, so he finishes next year. I'm not going to be involved with the school. I was a typical parent that was one of those parents that just, you know, yes, I'll hate with, a, I'll, I'll help with a bake sale. Yes, I'll help with athletics. Yes, you know. And my kids were very busy um, athletes as well, so I was always running them around. So my life mm. was very full. But I realised getting to my son was getting to year eleven. Oh my goodness. Okay, he said finish next year. Where do I go from here? Now at this stage, I'm in my fifties. So. It was like, okay, there's an epiphany going here. I didn't know what to do. My husband sort of said to me, oh, I'm sure, do you want to go back to advertising? I said, oh, no, I don't want to be the 50-year-old listening to a 30-year-old telling me what to do. So I actually decided, you know, I needed a break. I um, for five weeks to our place in Bali that I was renovating. And um, I was just sitting, you know, as we were doing all these jobs, I rang a girlfriend of mine saying, feeling very lost. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm somebody's mother, I'm somebody's daughter, I'm somebody's wife, I'm somebody's nurse, taxi driver, you name it. But where's Tina? I don't know. And being in my 50s, it's not that easy to find yourself. So um, I found that a really difficult journey. But my girlfriend turned around and said to me, why don't you just do what you're doing? I said, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, you know, you're renovating. You've done so many renovations. You've been building. You've done so many of our friends' houses, interior styling. I said, oh, yeah, but that's a hobby. She goes, well, why don't you make your hobby your living? <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going, do you think I can at my age? See, already I was already thinking of myself as old. My own self-talk was not great. So We are greatest ages, I think, ourselves. On absolutely. Ourselves, yeah. And yeah. I just thought, really, can I re? She goes, girlfriend, look at your past. Look what you've been able to do. Like, just put your, you know, big girl panties on and just go for it. So while I was over there, I started designing um, my own range. I, I, found, I knew manufacturers there, so I did a cushion range. I did a ceramic range. I bought it all back. I opened my little guest house at the back 
and um, invited all my schoolmates and everything, and I sold out in three months. Wow. And it was like, okay. And then from that point on, people say, can you come and do my home? And then I went, well, I better start to register. And I so one thing led after another. So that was easy for me in that respect. Um, but it, it just kept, you know, it kept rolling. And, in fact, I actually didn't even have to do any social media because it was just word of mouth. People would say, mm-hmm. that's a great job, go and do that, go and do that. Age didn't come into it then because I was dealing with a lot of people who were my age, women who, um, and they were all from friends, who were children who left home, we need to redecorate, you know, like we're downsizing, we're doing all these sort of things. It wasn't until 2020 we went into lockdown. Mm. And in 2020 I was turning 60. And in 2019 I um, organised this amazing 60th birthday to have in Greece and then a big party when we came back. And... Of course, we went into lockdown. That all had to get cancelled. It all got moved. At this stage, I was actually renovating the house that I live in now during lockdown. So um, I started thinking I was getting a lot of clients ringing me saying, you know, can you order me some furniture? We're not going anywhere. So we thought we'd do our bedroom up. We'd do this. We'd do that. And I'm gone. And it was actually just one night. I thought to myself, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I really don't want to do this anymore. I don't. This is really hard doing it during lockdown. Uh, I was really upset that I wasn't going to be able to um, celebrate my my milestone birthday with my girlfriends. Mm. That really got to me because I really thought that was important to do that. And I just one day just thought, what about if I went back to designing homewares? And what about I married that with my love for charity, which I've always done all my life, right from when I was a teenager. I've always done something and always been involved somewhere. And I actually told my husband, he said, well, darling, I know what you're like, you know, if you put your mind to it, it'll happen. But it wasn't until I actually then decided to do that and I started putting all the bones together and I thought, I better speak to our accountant, I better speak to our bank managers, I better get all this sorted out, I better put some infrastructure in place. So I was very lucky because I did very well in my interior design job itself. So I had money to back me. But when I actually went to to speak to people about this, the pushback was enormous. Wow. Enormous. Not only from my accountant who said to me, are you sure? Like, how are you going to do that? And I said, oh, I can use social media as my platform. You know, I can start to, you know, do an online store and I will, Mm. you know, I'll start doing everyone was during lockdown was watching all my cooking everyone was watching my cleaning and I knew I had an audience because people were loving it so I said I'll use that as my platform and then from there I could sell my homewares I'll find the charities that I love to work with and I'll work with them honestly he let out the biggest laugh it was on a zoom call and I was really embarrassed and he said are you kidding he goes who's gonna follow you you're not relevant. It's for young people. Instagram, social media is not for people your age. And I said, well, there are some people there. And he goes, yeah, but they're all famous. Who are you? And I was like, oh. anyway, that was a kick in the guts. When you don't have your own accountant who believes in you. Um, then I went and had meetings with our bank manager saying, I need to set up an account, I need to do this and that. And of course, they're asking you, what are you doing this for <clears throat> whatever. Same reaction. But this time it was from a female. Wow. Yeah, which absolutely astounded me. 
And she was in her 40s. And she just said, I don't think this is going to work. I think you should do what your accountant said, set up a foundation and just write some checks and give them to the charities. And I said, it defeats the purpose of what I want to do. The whole idea is I want to create a dialogue and a narrative about how much we all need to give back to charities. And that if I start a homewares range where we give 100% of our profits away, I might be able to entice other companies to give a small, they don't give 100%, not crazy like me, but they could give a small <laughs> percentage because I really do believe in our kindness community and social consciousness needs to be a big part of our world at the moment. Whatever we do, there needs to be somewhere along the line we need to help either our environment or people less fortunate than ourselves. And I'm not asking companies, and a lot of companies are doing it already, they're giving 2%, 5% or something back. And I think that's the way forward. In the And so I, that's where my idea came from. We can do something to give back to our charities. Um, I love that. And I love that... I mean, there's so many things where I don't know where to start <laughs> talking yeah, about everything because it's like, you know, when you talk about advertising, I was in advertising in an agency yeah. and I remember um, going to a drinks thing one night and there were all these women, it was for women, and I was one of the panellists and one young girl came running up to me and said, oh, wow, how does it feel to be the oldest woman in the room? Yeah. And I was like... And I, I just didn't even think. I felt the same as everybody else. And I looked around and I didn't get upset. It was a really weird moment of, oh, am I? Oh, oh. Like I, I just didn't, it took a while to kind of sink in. But I think in advertising it's a really, it's it's rife with ageism. And I think, you know, if you, you as a marketing person know that the biggest buying power is actually 50 plus women. Like, it's just crazy. I remember when we started um, Style of Mrs. V when I was going around, I was talking to big co companies, L'Oreal, one of them, and went through and talking to 50 marketing young people who all looked 12. And, I mean, that was a very ageist comment of my thing, sorry. <laughs> but it was like they looked so young. Yeah. But they didn't understand the power of the 50 plus. And when we talked through stats at them, they were like, oh, oh, wow, really? And I know people and, you know, bigger, bigger organisations are changing the conversation. I still believe that it's it's still ageist in its momentum, like even oh, Jennifer Aniston. Absolutely. You know that thing with Jennifer Aniston coming out yeah, and the yeah. photographs of their body? Yeah. I'm thinking no one has a body of that at whatever age, and then it's still untouchable and it's not about the body. That's the whole point is that, Absolutely. you know, being age rich is understanding that it's not, it's your heart, it's your soul, it's who you are and what you do and what you give and how you respect and love one another. You know, like that's the richness. Absolutely. And I think that um, what happens is not only do we have that knowledge, what I find is even though we might have it, it's also we, we get to a stage too where we can lose that confidence, which is what actually happened to me in my 50s. It was like, well, do you think I could really do it? We, we actually are ages to ourselves. So we kind of go like, oh, but, you know, where are it? So the people that we see that we can look up to, they're not that many of them. I mean, you've just seen Tracy Grimshaw's just walked away, but, I mean, obviously she's been doing it for a long time. She's one of the few. The Ita Buttroses of the world, yes, they are one of a few. But there isn't really a polypho that we can look at and go. And what gets me is too that they kind of think that if you are mature that and you've got knowledge or you're a woman of a certain age, you've got to look a certain way. And my attitude to that is I don't get that either. I really don't get that either. It's like we've been pigeonholed. 
And I come from a world of marketing. I come from the world. I mean, I'm a media strategist. You know, I know all about the demographics and I know who has the spending power. What gets me is constantly when I see things and I think, do you realise that women over their 50s are the ones who have actually got the spare cash to spend on luxury items, on travel, on clothes, and yet you depict all the lifestyle as probably women in their 35s. Like, really? Does it really? Work? I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense to me, and I, I think I think there is an understanding coming, like they're aware. But I feel personally, it's tokenistic, and I feel I you know that it's not. I love Rebecca Gibney's comment where she came back and she said, actually, it's not about the body. You know, I feel more comfortable in who I am in my trackies and <laughs> whatever it is. And I think how that kind of comes into the media, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to how to bring it out, I guess, where it's just having the conversations like we are and talking about that people want want to know it's okay to be themselves and to feel self-acceptance and, and more confident. And Absolutely. That- but the more that we all as women talk about this, the yeah. more we give, um, I know from my own followers, the more I talk about it, the more confidence they get. Um, I had a... Um, a situation where I, I went to the races. We own a couple of racehorses. Um, we pay for our beautiful table that we sit in the in the you know in the Flemington um, members areas. I got a few invites to go down to the bird cage, and I was absolutely astounded because everyone in the members area are women and men, probably mid to mid forties upwards. Very few 35-year-olds or 30-year-olds, really. I get that. We have the means to pay for those tables. What gets me is I'm in the birdcage and I'm going to all the different areas, all full of influences. Everyone is under the age of 35. I just don't get it. I get the idea that they are there because they want, you know, it's all about them with their social platform. And I'm going, really? I don't see anyone who really comes to the races in your age group. You're just here having a drink. I'm not really sure what you're depicting. What I think I got really pissed off about was where are the beautiful women that were there that were dressed immaculately over the age of 50? Yeah, and I agree. And it's a funny thing where this adoration of youth and and it's it's very toxic because I think, you know, even myself, I scroll through socials. And I mean, I do social media accounts for people and I, it's my business. So I stroll in. I could feel myself going, I could feel the inner narrative going, oh, I don't look like that or I'm not like that. You know, and I have to pull myself up and go, oh, stop, 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 stop. You know, like it, it's the confidence I think that young people portray is because they feel the confidence, even though there's a whole lot of other issues going on with young people, which I won't go into. But as we get older, we don't, as you say, have the confidence to go that we feel and look okay because it's all energetic. True. Like you, you can feel in you and how you portray and, and your, I look at your social and there's just a ray of sunshine coming out and I can feel that you've found that who you are. Like you talked about your journey about I don't know what to do, who am I? And I love that mm-hmm. you went through that because, I mean, half of, what I'm trying to kind of bring a philosophy forward about is that when we experience ageism or you have those moments, it actually is a kind of a wake-up call to have the inner transformation to recognise who you are and how valuable you are. Do you Mm -hmm. think that experience for you 
then made you go on to kind of find a stronger you? After oh, that? absolutely. If it, it really wasn't, I, re, I still had a lot of doubts um, mm. in my 50s when I went to go and do that. And I go, do people, would they like my designs? You know, will people really like what I do? So I was that person that, you know, I had I have a lot of confidence in myself. I have had from a very young age. And I think it's because I've I've always been in the spotlight as a young girl doing ballet and a few things. So I, mm. and also, uh, as you know, in advertising, I always had to present. So I was, I was actually given the tools to be able to be confident and speak, but I didn't really believe as I got older that what I was doing was like, Oh, is it good enough? Is it not good enough? It, and I would constantly ask people, do you like it? Is it okay? Oh, does it look okay? Is it good in your home? I was confident in my design work. I just wasn't confident in producing my homewares range. And I kept asking for for people to kind of say, yes, yes, it is. And it wasn't until you were getting those affirmations that I started to go, I can do this. I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go forward. But it took a lot because I didn't have that confidence at 55. It do wasn't you- until I started to really, to really sort of hone into it and go, yeah, people are loving it and they're sharing it and they're telling people and I'm going... I can do this. I'm okay. I can do. I know. And it's, it's, I mean, in one way you kind of go, what, I mean, that we need the reflection from people to say we're okay. And I guess it's like, you know, you are a confident, amazing accomplished woman, like amazing. And you're obviously well loved for everything that you do. And, and it's funny that when someone says to you, oh, do you think anyone's going to be interested? Was there the part of you inside that went, you know what? Uh, they are like was it kind of like oh, yeah. set that journey to go I'm going to prove you wrong because I know deep inside actually I'm worth it yeah well the thing was when I got you know those reactions from two people in particular that were in and that I needed their support to go forward with what I was doing mm. don't worry I walked out of there and excuse me for doing this but I did this <laughs> because I'm the sort of person and my husband knows me so well when someone says you can't say watch me and that's where I had to dig really deep and go, okay, I can do this. I think what has standard me and still to this day I find really difficult is even some of my girlfriends doubt what I'm doing. Hmm. And they're in the same age group as me. Like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, no. But I think that's their, this is the issue. I think the, the systemic issue is our own self-belief that we're not okay, we're not valuable as we get older. Correct. And, you know, and hence why my whole conversation is, look, you have greater wisdom, you have more skills, more experience, and then there is a bit of a letting go of, I don't care what you think, but it is a kind of, there's something else that comes through, I think, whether it's the fear of, you know, less life or there's something that that activates, which is how, what we need to address in people to kind of go, it doesn't matter. Like we might live till we're 150 soon. I don't know. I mean, the world's like crazy. Like you can't just go, look, I'm I'm on the retiring kind of dying. Age. Well, <laughs> well, that's what they were saying. They were saying, oh, why don't you just take up some golf and have lunch with us? And I'm like, so for me, what I think happened when 2020 happened and I mm. had to like change all that was I want a purpose. Mm. I don't want to keep doing people's houses because that was really a mind-boggling thing. So after a while, it's like, oh, I can't deal with this. I wanted to do something. I wanted to wake up every day and go, I've got something I want to do. That's mine. It's my baby. But I also want to give back. And it's the giving back that I get the 
biggest buzz from. It's when I can mm. go into the Lighthouse Foundation, one of their homes, or actually houses, because they're houses, and I make them into warm, cuddly homes. And then you get people that have been through the system and they walk in, they go, oh, my God, I wish I had this when I was growing up. This is so beautiful. I feel so warm and loved in here. Um, and, you know, when you get those reactions, they're, to me, the greatest prize. It's not the money I raise. Not, I'm not raising millions yet. I hope to one day be able to, you know, really, you know, expand this empire. But it's what I do on the other end, the dialogue and the narrative, creating spaces for them. Not only that, but getting them people to help with their rebranding, helping them with marketing, helping them with connections, getting them into places they haven't been able to before. Um, they're the things that I find the biggest buzz from and my biggest passion. I've got more love for this now than I've had for any other job that I've ever done. But it's taken the accumulation of my knowledge from working in advertising. Um, I even worked, um, when I went to Malaysia, I went and worked as a, a marketing teacher in one of the institutes there, the Lincoln oh. Wing Institute. So that gave me also an understanding of how I can share my knowledge. And then being a stay-at-home mum, Oh, my gosh, probably my most, wealthy my most wealthy experiences of my life because it taught me patience mm -hmm. and taught me how to multitask like you would not believe. It taught me how to basically, you know, give, be able to compartmentize all these different things and still get them all done as much as I could and give as much. So those things, I've actually taken all those accumulation. Then my love for interiors and, and everything, all that has given me the opportunity to build Tea House because if and I didn't have all that wealth of information, I wouldn't have been able to get this up and running in 18 months. And you are a perfect example in when I do personal branding for people because I'll have people come and they've been in advertising, for example. They go, I just don't want to do that anymore. They want to throw it all out. And I go, hang on a second, well, what else do you do? Hobby, whatever it is, you know, yeah. example. And they go, oh, but I don't want to do that. And I said, yes, but everything is part of a bigger plan. You yes. bring all that knowledge together. Yes. Yes. Have a look at the stuff that you do yes. as a hobby. So you're yes. such a wonderful example of that, that, yes. you know, there is a reason that we do everything. And then when it, it accumulates together, that brings the purpose. Absolutely. Sometimes we don't see it for a long time. So I, I love it. Time. And I think that um, the thing is when I do speak to other people and they kind of like a lot of them sort of said, I don't know what I want to do. I'm retiring from like their job. So they call them mm. jobs. Um, and you go, well, follow. You know, you don't have to do what I do, but what have you always wanted to do? What is it that you've always wanted to do? And it, not necessarily a purpose, but have you learned, wanted to learn to, play, uh, to do ballet? I had one lady said to me, I would love to, but my children say I'm too old. I said, rubbish, rubbish, just go for it. I have friends now that I have said to them, go and follow what you love. I've got a friend of mine who now plays in Masters in tennis. She was an amazing tennis player as youth and obviously brought up her kids, was there, did some, she worked, and now she has the opportunity to go back to something that she always loved. But amazing. as a mature woman, so and she's loving it. She's loving the journey of being you know, part of that sort of team and stuff. Your purpose doesn't necessarily have to be a career-related thing, you know. And it doesn't. Purpose can be just making, looking after your family. It's just whatever makes your heart sing, I think, in what you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. What do you think? I mean, I love it that you've been in the media and, you know, you know it well. What do you think is a solution 
in ageism in the media? Like what would you say or do or tell them? Well, firstly, can they stop depicting us with all with grey hair? <laughs> it's, you know when you go for stock images and they're all like grannies and stuff it just drives me nuts sorry god yeah but it's true isn't it i mean i kind of go look i get it and you know like a lot of my friends embrace the gray during lockdown and some of them look gorgeous i even said this on my, one of my stories one day and i said to everyone if i was to go gray with my european skin and my warm tones i would look pasty i look terrible so i choose and I've said to my children, even if I'm in a home, you are going to make sure that every three weeks I get my hair coloured, my nails done. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm a princess, but I've worked hard to be a princess. So, you. you know, they're the things that I want in my life. We don't all need to be depicted. We we can see, You can see it in our skin. You can see it in our smiles. We've lived a life. They are beautiful things. And to, and my attitude is that, you know, we, we need to embrace that. We need to show all forms. We don't all need to be grey-haired. How the media can embrace it is a mm. number of different ways. I just mm. think we're not given the opportunity, firstly. So, you know, I have a girlfriend of mine who's an actress, for example, gorgeous woman, same age as me, really attractive lady. She misses out on roles because either she looks too good-looking for her mm. age or she's not young enough. Like, where do you sit? Like, open those, you know, she's an actress, so she can look older. So my attitude is, excuse mm. me, aren't you an actress? Do you have, you know, like, I don't get that. Don't they, can't they make you look older? Isn't it your abilities? So I think we need to stop looking at the exteriors and look at the abilities that people have, the experience, the knowledge. I don't think it should be based on what we look like. I don't think it should be based on anything other than how good we are at what we do. And if the media starts to do that rather than, yes, okay, we're going to put a very good-looking person in to replace someone on a TV show, they're usually a much younger, you know, person. They don't look at the older ones. It's like, oh, they're on the way out. I mean, Koshy's, what, 65? Still on TV. There you go, you see. And it's interesting, the male thing. I mean, I I mean, I think men, because my husband's experienced ageism and... Um, but you know, I look at that too, that he was meant to go through that process. So I don't I don't ever want to feel victim or him to feel victim to no. environmental thing. I think it's the the journey and then he found something amazing, but he didn't get it. So I think the men they they definitely suffer on some level, but I think women definitely have it worse. And I think so. There are women, um just to tell you a couple of um I got probably five hundred DMs on when I actually did talk about this on my own social platform, which was I went to the races and I saw some absolutely stunning women dressed to the night, women over 50. None of them were photographed. None of them were depicted in the media. You watch the VRCs, you know, commercials, they're all 30, 35s, laughing and whatever, and I'm like, going, show a cross-section of what people are there. Is I'm not saying we should all be about, you know, people of a certain age. I'm saying show a cross-section, include us. It's about inclusivity. We Love talk it. a lot. Yeah. That word seems to be banded around a lot lately. I did then some statistics because when I saw 500, over 500 DMs, some of these women, I said, do you feel that you are being depicted? I had women telling me stories like, I, I love this story. She said, I go to the hairdresser with my daughter who is 35. And I'm in my 60s. She said, we have the same colour hair and we style our hair exactly the same. 
And at the end of it, the hairdresser takes a photo of my daughter for their social media and puts her on the wall and I never get asked. And I feel really bad. I never say anything to my daughter. But she goes to you, what do you think I feel like? And it I'm- is so funny. I, I've got, you just reminded me. I go to quite an established hairdressing salon in Double Bay and I notice that I'm never photographed and my hair is always like they love the hair like she's an amazing. And I'm thinking, why is it always the young ones that get the photo? I'm just, I'm just asking it for me. So true. I kind of look at it from a marketing point of view and I go, I don't get that because as we age, we need to colour our hair more frequently than a young person. So we're the ones coming in every three weeks and spending the money but they're coming in every six weeks. Um, why don't you show women a little bit older and the beautiful hairstyles you do, women of all ages? I don't get that. So I think that they're actually missing the mark, personally. Mm. If there was somebody who was doing that, they would get much. They'll get a much bigger pool of women going and saying, oh, I love that colour. I, You know, that I don't get. That to me is kind of weird. It's like you're missing, a, like you were saying before, a great big section of women or, or men in that category who have actually got extra money to spend. It's weird. It's funny. Is it because do you think that women, when we look through and we aspire or we're still attracted to that youth and imagine we don't almost want to face or feel like when women look at older women? Is that is that what is that part of it? Is that their thinking? Or they want to, you know, be younger so we're going to show them younger people to buy things? Because I'm trying to think of what... I'm, I'm not really sure other maybe they think what I get upset about is maybe they think we're unattractive and that's the whole thing about there's no like if you look at it from the value of youth is beautiful and the kind of the the fountain of everything um then we have this wrong belief system and we've been taught and indo- indoctrinated with this thing that age is ugly, as you say. But when you go to Asia or you go to Europe and there's this beautiful yes. love and respect yes. for the elders and cycle, the Indigenous, you know, like there is a beauty and a richness that, and we don't, and it's hard to bring it in. Like that's where I go, the journey of how do you start changing that? And I guess, you know. Well, it, you helps. Said, it helps if you start getting more and more companies realising that there is actually beauty in any age. And yeah. I just think that the whole cosmetic industry is half to blame as well. So, oh, it's, it's based on the fact that you're not good enough and you're not, you know, that's what it is. It's talking to that part of us that we and feel. And we, we subliminally believe it and we kind of go, oh, yeah, you know. I mean, how many, you get together with a group of women that might be of a certain age, first thing they'll say is, oh, do you think I need a neck lift? I think, you know, um, do you think, you know, like, what do you reckon I get some Botox on my eyes? And, you know, what diet are you on? You know, menopause, oh, my God, that middle belly, you know, like, what are we going to do about that? Do you think I should go and get – we are constantly, as women, yeah. uh, I, don't, I didn't have that much of a dialogue to myself when I was younger. I'm having more of that dialogue because I'm surrounded by my friends and all this now that I'm older. It's like, oh, yes, you know, I've got cellulite. Oh, my God, it's so bad. What do we do about it? We all – we're all we're all going to what gets me is when I was younger, we're all gonna get older at some stage. Yeah. So why is it that for me it's like it's about again the inclusivity. Let's talk about all ages. They're all beautiful. You know, they, there's a lot of talk about of course about inclusivity with the LGBTQTI 
hopefully plus <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about that and about you know making sure that they're all included but if you look at the statistics recently 2019 the biggest form of discrimination was ageism not sexism or racism it was ageism and i can't believe that those stats and it's only a recent study and yet um we as a society don't look at that we just think it's all about sexism and, and about you know racism it is it's the heart it's the most accepted form of discrimination ageism and and, and and i agree i've seen the stats and it's um you know, it's across every level, and I think it starts with us, and we have to start. It starts with us, and more dialogues story. like this is when you mm. get more people actually talking about it. Um, I think it would be great to see a lot more companies. Uh, look, there's some beautiful clothing brands, for example. They're now showing women of a certain age. That's what I like to call us. You mature <laughs> women or women of a certain age. Yeah. The the thing is, they've got the most divine bodies, and they've got all got grey hair. Stop it. We talk about body inclusivity. There are all shapes and sizes of women over a certain age. Believe it or not, women who get over 60, unfortunately, get a menopause belly. It's just normal. Like, I've not seen anyone who depicts any of that and makes women feel comfortable in their own bodies. Instead, what we do is because we don't see it as beautiful, we self-sabotage ourselves with criticism. Yeah, that's it. I love it. I love it. And I think... You're right. It's just people doing more of it. I think the media and organisations and brands need to keep embracing it, not as tokenistic, but change their thinking, even in the clothes, sizings of clothes. And, oh, absolutely. You know, like I know some of the brands don't make certain sizes because they don't want women to wear their clothes who are bigger, which is That's just true. unbelievable. It is and, unbelievable. There is, there is lots. We, but I think more the more we talk about this, the more we empower women. Yeah. Um, the more we, we say things, the more I point things out, the more women say to me, thank you for speaking up. So many thank yous, speak up, mm. say more. So we're at Tea House actually going to be next year doing a lot more uh, what we're going to call uh, tea events, which we do very well actually. Mm, but we're going imagine. to do, we've got a lovely events area and a warehouse that I've now got and we're going to invite women and come along for discussions and, and empower women to say, you know what, find find the strength within and just go forward. Stop the self-sabotage talk. We as women self-sabotage talk all the time, even in our yeah. 20s and our yeah. 30s. Yeah. But when we get to our age and we're not represented and we're not shown to be all different shapes and sizes, it is even more difficult. Even though we might be mature and we get it, we actually do feel really, a lot of women are very sad, deeply sad inside. Um, and that comes because a lot of people just say, oh, well, you're too old to do this. No, you shouldn't do that. And as I said, I mean, I had so many people say to me, you're not going to succeed. And women, uh, even women my age, because no one is going to watch you on social media. Well, it, it's, I mean, hence why, you know, I came up with the word age rich because I was in the shower going, you know, I was just thinking, I was going, we're not less of anything. <laughs> And and it's it was like the elephant in the room is oh I want to be ageless but no hang on own it we're age rich we actually have all these wonderful things that happen our wisdoms and 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 every decade and I think it's really important to kind of like and every, anyone that I've told that to they've gone oh yeah 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 <laughs> it's like that's what I you have, want you want someone to <laughs> absolutely I have um, I've gone to a couple of weddings and there's been some young thirty five year old beautiful women mm. gorgeous women that I've met. 
30, they might be in their 30s, they've followed their career, they, a lot of them are now have got their own apartments, they're, they're doing all the things that our amazing women in the 70s, you know, built the road for all of us to go. And I'm always looking at that in my young career and went, gosh, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to climb the ladder mm. like I did, right? So thank you to them. And so many of them come up to me saying, oh, I want to be like you and Bart play. You know, I want to be happy. I want a marriage. And I went, well, you, we want it all, girls. That's the problem. We want it all. And a lot of them actually say, but if I stop my career mm. and I get married or if I have a baby, I'll lose it all. And that is what us women of a certain age need to say. As I said to them, and I told them my story, I said, no, you can do anything. The amazing thing is if you put your mindset to it, even if you stay home for 10 years, you can come back and do whatever you want. Don't ever think because you've built this up, you're going to lose it. And that's where ageism is really systemic because women think that if I let this go, I won't get it back again. And I, my attitude to that is you can don't worry if you're 45 or 50, Look, you know. It is it's possible. true, it's true. And there's a huge, some ridiculous statistic of 50% of women who get divorced over 50 are homeless. Like it's a really bad because what happens is they feel, I think they go, okay, I'm going to have children, I'm going to not work and I'll be looked after. They don't kind of have this mindset of going, I'm going to kind of look after the child or whatever you're doing but know that you're not kind of one person with that person. You always have to think of yourself regardless i mean it's healthy it's always healthy to kind of have your own autonomy in your own world spiritually i feel so i think that's the big issue you know big issue and uh, that that statistic yes those numbers are absolutely um criminal in this and i love that you're doing i mean you are such an inspiration it's been such a joy talking to you because i just feel you know You've 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 done the the ultimate journey of finding who you are through that, and you're living it, and you're giving back so generously. I mean, just showing them that it's possible because it just takes the articulation of of oh my god, she's running a business and it's all going to charity. I mean, that wakens things up in people's minds, and it is the future because it's kindness and it's also goes beyond the agenda. And I think people are so frightened they're so tired and they just they they have an agenda because they have to survive so i think it's kind of going you know how do i get out of survival mode and get into living mode and and the challenges are part of life's path and that's rather than going i want it easy it's not about easy i mean i knew when i did this and what i'm doing it wouldn't be easy i'm living my purpose doesn't mean that every day as I get up and I feel amazing, I feel terrible some days, you know, I feel down, but I love what I'm doing and that's what it is. But life is those everyday challenges, you know. And, and you, why, can I ask why do you love what you do? Oh, I love, I'm a maker. I just love making things and I love, um, I love inspiring people. That, that's my thing. I mean, when I'm on stage doing talks and I'm in my happy place, like I look at every face and, I mean, you know, I do healing with people as well and I can feel people's what's happening for them and I just connect on a heart level. Like after one of the events I did, Mrs V Shift, and I think we had about 100 people there and 25 speakers, it was huge. But I had two people come up crying and, you know, someone who was not, it was at the Langham, it was very plush, but she was not of that kind of vibe. And, and 
but she said, I've never felt so included and thank you. And, you know, it was lovely. So that's what I love and my vision. But it's certainly not been easy. But as my son said to me, so if it doesn't work, when are you going to go back and get a real job? That's what my son said to me. Oh, really? And um, I said, uh, well, never. And he went, oh, really? I said, no, this is not a... I'm trying something. This is who I am. This is my life. I'll just keep going. It's like, you know, because I love it. And and it's and I think part of what I do is just showing people that I think social media is very much responsible for that life is beautiful and there are no problems and you never feel any terrible emotions and you're odd if you do, is to go, no, I have all the tools. I'm rich with the tools that I have made to get through life doesn't mean I don't have hard days. I don't have issues. But I have the tools to get through it. That's the difference. And those tools came with age. That's it. So that's why I buy these remedies for life made by life, you know, because it's from my experiences that's done it. Oh, I love it. You get it. Yeah, it's just uh, that's what I try and say to a lot of youth as well, that, you know, that the you'll get the answers as you, as you journey. To my own sons, I'll say, okay, this is a tough time. Okay, you're finding it really tough. But reason, the reason it was tough, and then I was talking about lockdown for my son who was at home. Mm. It was a tough time for him. Psychologically, he didn't do very well. I said, I know this is a really tough time. Everyone's going through the same tough time. What are the positives in this? And he found it eventually. And that was he realised he wanted to go and do his master's. So I said, do, let's do it. You, I know we're all locked in, but it's a perfect opportunity for you to now do that because you're not missing out. Yes, I know the fear of FOMO and the fear of going out and being with your mates. You can just concentrate and get it done and you'll walk out with your master's. Three degrees and a master's and away you go. And he did. And it was tough. He did it. And now he goes, oh, Mum, thanks for pushing me to do it. But, you know, it it was – but the thing is that journey that he did, Mm. that tough of digging deep of, like, you know, I'm lonely, I'm missing my mates, I'm missing, you know, that everyone went through. Mm. You turn that around and it will be an experience that you use later on in life and say, I need to draw on that strength. And that's why when we do get older, we have those abilities because we know because we can draw from our experiences. That's why our young people come to us and ask X, Y, Z. So that's why I get really frustrated when I go, so you come to us for advice but you tell us we're too old. Uh, so that's it and and it is I mean I think a lot of parents too unfortunately have not wanted their kids to suffer so they have had issues around the fact that they are not coping in life because they haven't had the challenges the challenges are what makes us who we are there's a gift in everyone absolutely and that yeah it's 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 all those things when we trip over I don't like to call them failures they're just lessons you pick yourself Mm. up you just keep going. Let's not just go, oh, you poor little darling, I'll stick you in some cotton wool. But, you know, like the reality is as we become more mature, we have had scrapes, we've got cuts, we've got we've got things that are deep that may have hurt us along the way. But that's what gives us the ability to be amazing, to be amazing because we have had all those things. Like you said, in Europe, our elderly are you know, revered and everyone, they usually have extended families. The grandparents have a place in the families. Women are, you know, mature women look incredible. They they are on the front pages of Vogue and Bazaar. 
I don't know what ha what's happening in our country. We're all about the youth. America doesn't help as well because they're all about the youth as well. But, you know, the thing is that uh, we have a lot to offer. It would be nice to see that our community realises that and makes us more inclusive. That's all I say. You know, this word gets used a lot. Let's make sure that we are represented in our community properly. All shapes, all sizes, men, women, you know, we have a lot to offer. Occasionally look our way. We are kind of fun. And we are <laughs> I think we're fun. Trust me. I, I, I know I'm fun. I've got young people saying, where do you get all your energy from? And I said, oh, I can sleep when I'm dead. That's why. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm totally there. When you do your workshops and your, your talks or whatever you're doing, uh, very inspiring and you know yeah. I just think what you're doing is amazing and I'm totally 100% supportive and will share it on my age rich as well Thank so you. how do people find you tell, tell us about where very they find easily. you very easily so I do have a website that is um, all about who I am and what we stand for it talks a lot about our charities and what we do the money that we raise for them and of course it's got our e-shop in there as well plus some beautiful um, styling tips and ideas and that is teahouse.com.au. And then you can also find us on social media platforms and on YouTube where you can follow my renovation nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we're, building, we're building after all these years, we're finally building our dream home to retire in for the next 20 years. And I don't call it retire because I'm actually going to keep working until the day I go. I was about to say, I can't yeah. see you retiring at no, all. It, <laughs> is, it is somewhere where we want to sort of spend more time. But, yeah. It's a long process and it's a nightmare, but uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying it. Follow along. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell Thank my you. story. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And a pleasure to meet you. And I hope when I do, I'll be coming up to Sydney a lot more often. Maybe we could catch up for a lot. I would love to have lunch. Let, let's do lunch when you come. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Thank pleasure you. to meet you. Thank okay. you. Love and light to you. And to yes. Love and sparkle. Hi, Tina. Thank Bye. you.